The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said master you have you gave me two talents see i have made two more his master said to him well done my good and faithful servant since you have been faithful in small matters i will give you great responsibilities come share your master's joy Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talents in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not have then put my money back, my money in the bank, so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and throw his this useless servant into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth the gospel of the lord father and son and the holy spirit amen so as you know last wednesday we celebrated and we recognized our nation's veterans. We honored those men and women who serve so that we don't have to. You know, when you join the military, 
they, whatever branch it is, they give you a test. The ASVAB. The Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. Essentially, it was, de- it was developed by the Department of Defense to, when a, when a, when a young person enters the military, to ascertain what are the gifts and abilities of this young person so that we could apply their talents in some position which would benefit, the, of course, our nation. So, for example, if you test high on the math scale, right, in the aptitude test, of course, they'll put you in position in a job which would utilize your skills. If I took the test, you know, Brian applied, see my skills, they'll sign me to clean the toilet, right? <laughs> you, you clean the toilet, Brian, you know, and I will make those toilets on the front line the most immaculate toilets ever you've ever seen in your life, huh? But it's, it's, it has your skills. And if you think about it, what makes for a good soldier carries over to what makes a good Christian. Think about it now. What do we love about our soldiers? What's a skill that we strive to develop in them? First of all, our soldiers, our men and women, must be disciplined, don't they? Disciplined mentally, disciplined physically. They have to be disciplined. We don't want lazy soldiers on the front lines. A Christian must be disciplined in the prayer life. You set up a, a rigorous schedule of how we should pray daily. You've got to study the faith. takes will, a strength of will. Secondly, soldiers, good soldiers, must be obedient, don't they? We drill in them to follow orders. Because in the heat of battle, in the fog of war, it takes that that discipline, that obedient soldier to follow orders in order to win and be successful in the mission. If a, if a commanding officer said to a soldier, hey, I want you to attack that mountain. There's a, an enemy mas- machine gun position up there. Attack it. And the soldier responds, I don't feel like it. Good soldier, bad soldier, bad soldier. What is the Christian supposed to do? We are called as well to be obedient to the moral demands of our faith. The Ten Commandments, for example, beautifully, which God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. Thou shalt not steal. Ah, I don't feel like it. (laughs) There's a nice, there's a wallet on the ground here. (laughs) I'll take it. No one will know, right? Good Christian, bad Christian, bad Christian. Thirdly, the the soldier must put his personal needs aside and think higher than themselves. The highest honor we bestow upon men and women in our military is the Medal of Honor. 40 million men and women have served in our nation's military throughout our history. 40 million. Of that 40 million, fewer than 3,600 have received the Medal of Honor. And part of, 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 of the criteria of receiving the Medal of Honor is that you go above and beyond the call of duty. 
In one of these beautiful stories, there was a Polish-American serving in World War II. 1944, we've invaded Italy. We're making our way, the goal is to land in southern Italy and to make our way towards Rome. And one of these beautiful encounters in 1944, a soldier by the name of Sylvester Atulak. His unit pinned down by German machine gun fire. Seeing his men pinned down, stuck, he, he ascertains where the machine gun nest was. 200 yards away, so the length of two football fields. Flat terrain, no cover. Sylvester charges by himself this machine gun position. By himself, no cover. Runs straight, he's probably zigzagging towards them, but running towards them. He gets shot three different times. Each time he gets shot, stands back up and charges. Gets shot again, stands up, charges. Shot a third time, stands back up, charges. He makes it to the machine gun position. There was 12 German soldiers left. Kills two immediately. The 10 surrender to him. The unit now, his other fellow soldiers, is able to get up and move and move forward. Another German sniper begins to shoot. What does he do? As they where they are, he runs at him again. His shoulder was already mangled, destroyed. He picked up his, his, his gun, his rifle, charges with one hand, eventually killed. He will be awarded the Medal of Honor posthumously for extraordinary valor. Good soldier, bad soldier. Good soldier. What Sylvester did was that he says, ah, my life is not important as the well-being of my unit. What does Jesus say in John 15? There is no greater love to lay down one's life for your friends. Love one another as I have loved you. What does Jesus tell us to do? You and I are called to lay down our lives for one another. To take this selfish gene, which we all have, by the way. We all have this selfish gene, don't we? He says, no, resist that selfish gene. Lay down your life for the other. Stop thinking about yourself. And this is where now the parable of the talents comes into play. It's a beautiful parable here. Our Lord presents to us three different examples. In fact, this is where we get our, our English word talent from. If I were to say to you, hey, you have a talent in music, it means that you have a natural ability, a God-given gift to play the guitar. And so our Lord here says he gives three people different amounts of talents, meaning abilities. Now at this time, to again give you a sense of the value of talents, because this is an ancient monetary value. And we, we don't know quite sure of how much a, a talent is worth, because it depends on whether a talent, here in this ancient context, is either gold or silver. It's either one. But a silver talent, to kind of give you an idea, 
One silver talent is worth 15 to 20 years of wages. So it's a lot. So this guy, the first guy who receives five talents, even if it's the silver, that's a massive amount of money. And so our Lord now presents these, these three different people who have, who have been given now these talents. Five, the first one. Two, the second. One, the third. What separates the two that are praised is that the first two use their God-given talents in order to build everyone else up. They use it in service of their brothers and sisters. And that is why our Lord here chastises the third one. Because what does the third one do? He buries it. What does that mean? They take their God-given talents and they use it for themselves to enrich themselves. Keeps it to themselves. And notice our Lord says, you wicked and lazy servant. And so this is the great challenge now for us. And I want to, I want to bring it back, back home. Ask yourself, what are your talents which God has given you? You see, every single person on earth has them, by the way. Every single person has it. What is yours? Mine is cleaning toilets, right? So I clean toilets. I clean them well. But what is your God-given talents now? And now, because you do have one, I, I never want to hear anybody say, I, I'm not good at anything. You exist. You are created by God. You have more value than the entire universe. You have a talent. And now, so the goal is, God has given this talent, this responsibility to every single one of us. And now, whatever that talent is, I want to challenge you. Give it back to God in service to him. You see, that's, that's what our, goal, our, our Lord is trying to hammer home at. Don't keep it for ourselves, this, this, this greedy self. Resist that temptation. Rather, take this talent now and run at the machine gun position. That is where we find ourselves in the giving away of our gift. And to resist the selfish attitude of just me, 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 me. There's enough people like that. And here is the key and the great challenge. With this whole COVID lockdown after all of this subsides, God willing, soon. We're going to have to go back into rebuilding mode. We're going to have to rebuild our communities again. Not only our parishes, but our, our cities, our state, and our nation. You realize that? We're going to have to go back into rebuilding mode. Because these months of lockdown, what it's done here, it's that it's severed our bonds. And it's inculcated some bad habits into us. You ask any, any you know, you, we have many uh, who are in law enforcement in our parish. They'll tell you straight up. They see the devastation that is wreaking on our people. The increase of, of suicides, the increase of substance abuse, the increase of domestic violence, the increase of every vice you can ever imagine. We're going to need to rebuild our parish again. And so the great challenge now as we imagine a post-COVID existence is that it's going to take every single one of us to charge the machine gun position. 
and the talents that you, you have been given by God will be called forth. Use it for the glory of God, whatever that gift is. Big, small. My friends, we are entering a period where every single hand must be on deck. That's where we are now. That's the great adventure and the great challenge that lies before us. How will we respond? Are we going to bury it? No. No. Look at the history of our beautiful church. 2,000 years of a glorious history. That glorious history was built because the people used their talents for the glory of God. And so as your pastor, I want to encourage you. Whatever those talents are, ask the Lord, what, what, what are they? Ask him, Lord, here I am. Use me as you will. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.